Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. We call it the DDP for short. It's the 25th day of August. I'm your host, Paul White. Thank you for joining me. We are on a little journey here for the uh, foreseeable future, at least for the next couple of weeks, and have been for a little over a week now, where we are airing for you our audiobook, Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. Of course, it is available in print if you would like a copy. Um, go to paulwhiteministries.com slash store. You can also purchase it on Amazon. Um, it is available as an e-reader book as well. Uh, check it out. You can find it a lot of places online. Originally published in 2018, this was a sermon first and then was built into a book. And we recorded the audio version back in December of 18 and never released it. So we're trying to do that here on the DDP. With no further delay, I backtrack today, maybe 15, 20 seconds, maybe 30 from where we were yesterday. And let's jump right back into chapter two. Imagine that you could meet pre-Damascus Road Saul. His assessment of his own ability leads one to predict that he may go to lengths to determine what works you were performing so that he could do you one better. Perhaps he would discover how often you did something and he would strive to do it one more time than you. How often do you fast? Then I'll fast one day longer. How much do you give? I'll give 1% more. How often do you go to the temple? I'll go an extra day because I'm blameless concerning the law, concerning zeal, and concerning righteousness. Each of Paul's final assessments concerning the law, zeal, righteousness make up the framework of a performance-based mindset that is still alive and well in the church today. They can be better interpreted this way. Number one, what I do. Number two, how I do it. Number three, what to expect because of what I do. Most of us have been inundated with this trifold philosophy for so long that we have mistaken it with authentic Christianity, failing to realize that its proponent was the Saul of a pre-Jesus experience rather than the Paul of a revelation of grace. Concerning the law, what I do. Concerning the law, I was a Pharisee. This is what he did. What he did was the law, and he was so good at it that he would have been called a Pharisee. Our understanding of Pharisees is greatly influenced and probably entirely shaped by the role they played during the earthly ministry of Jesus. This is handy in that it works for the duality of good and evil. On one side is good Jesus, and on the other, sneaky Pharisees. However cozy this understanding may be, It fails to get to the heart of the matter in regards to both who the Pharisees were and how they were viewed by society at large. The Jew in the first century did not align himself with certain sects the way many do in today's culture. I mean, now we have Reformed and Conservative and Orthodox and others. That isn't to say that divisions did not exist, for they did, but they existed at the top of the food chain, where the hierarchical structure was top-heavy, with groups such as the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The man on the street was living to survive. Highly religious by today's standards, but far less concerned with street debate and piety than we might believe. The Pharisees were guardians of oral law and tradition, They felt that in addition to Torah, there were rabbinical teachings that should be held on par with those of Moses. These additions were sometimes characterized as 
traditions of men in the arguments of Jesus. We look back on the other side of the cross and shake our head at their additions and traditions. But the people of that world in that day would have seen a Pharisee as the complete package spiritually, someone who knew the scriptures and the traditions and strove to live them to their fullest. A Pharisee was less a power player. They left that to the heady Sadducees who were in charge of caring for the temple and in most cases providing the office of high priest. Doctrinally, the two were separated by at least a couple of major points. The Pharisees believed in an afterlife, while the Sadducees did not. And the Pharisees' tendency to oral tradition irked the Sadducees to no end. For them, it was Torah or bust. Socially, the difference was rather stark. Pharisees were a hodgepodge of talent and education and financial status. Their place at the top of the food chain was almost entirely due to effort and piety. They weren't in charge of the glorious temple, and they didn't have the family lineage of priesthood. Pharisees were self-made men. We have evidence that they came from all walks of life and all financial classes. Some were highly educated scribes who hand-copied the ancient texts, while others were common merchants and farmers. We toss about the phrase pharisaical to describe someone who is self-righteous or hypocritical, and Jesus called them as much. But don't confuse our understanding of that word with theirs in that day. To be pharisaical would have been a high compliment. It meant you had worked hard at your holiness, risen above the masses, and earned what few men had the time or the inclination to strive for. If you were a Pharisee, not only did you think you were better than others, those others thought you were better than them too. So concerning the law, Paul chose the greatest picture of keeping the law with which to identify himself a Pharisee. Hopefully you picked up some information there about Pharisees and maybe Sadducees and some of the different sects of first century Judaism that maybe you didn't know. And if you did, uh, maybe it uh, rounded out some of that understanding for you a little bit. You can get more information like this from the entirety of our book, Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. We've been airing for you the audio of chapter two, and we will continue from right about here on tomorrow's podcast. And we will see you then. I hope you have a fantastic day. God bless.